Good morning. Such is the nature of life that all it asks and all it wants is the opportunity to appear. And you are that opportunity. And so am I. And so it is. Welcome everyone to CSL Midtown broadcasting to you this morning from Atlanta, Georgia, where it's a bright, sunny, beautiful, chilly morning. So we're just so glad you are here and that you've joined us today. We welcome all people no matter who you are and where you are in your life. Our center reflects the beautiful, diverse tapestry of life that is everywhere present. So we welcome you, whoever you are and whatever path brought you to be here today. We know that you are an individual expression of the divine life in which we all live. You are welcome to participate here today and to become part of this community in whatever way serves you. For a better understanding of who we are and what we teach, listen now to our Declaration of Principles as written by our founder, Dr. Ernest Holmes. I believe. I believe. I believe in one God. One absolute power and first cause to all things. I believe that this power is perfect love. And creates out of a desire to express love. I believe all thought is creative and how I choose to think creates my personal experience. I believe in the unity of all life. And the immortality of the individual soul. Forever unfolding. I believe. I believe. I believe in the eternal goodness. The eternal goodness of God. The eternal loving kindness. And the eternal givingness of God to all. And so it is. And so it is. And so it is. That were some of our board members and practitioners in that video. I hope you enjoyed that. The full declaration of principle from Ernest Holmes is actually available on our website at cslmidtown.org. My name is Judy Ailey, and I am the moderator and practitioner for today's celebration or service, whatever term you want to use. This morning, we have a fabulous guest speaker, and I'll be introducing her later, but I'm very excited to hear the talk today. But today, we are continuing with our monthly January theme of A Grand Rising. This week's theme is It's a New Life. Over the years in January, Center for Spiritual Living Centers have gone back to the four basic ideas of the science of mind. These are in the Science of Mind textbook, if you're familiar with that. The first section being the thing itself, God or spirit. The second section is the way it works. The third section is entitled what it does. And the fourth is how to use it. The section I want to briefly talk about this morning is the third section, what it does. In a nutshell, what it does, meaning what God or spirit or universal intelligence, whatever term you want to use, what it does is that it makes all things new. And this week's theme of It's a New Life brought my mind right back to this essential and basic idea from Ernest Holmes in the Science of Mind textbook. God, spirit, whatever 
word you want to call it makes all things new. So when you get involved in using this teaching in your life on a regular basis, the experience is that all things are new. Spirit doesn't just do a patch job on you and your life. As my teacher, Kennedy Schultz, used to say, you're not cured of anything. You're not a ham. You're going to be made new. You know, your health is, you're going to be given new health. So this theme just really resonated with me. All things made new. The truth is that there is a newness and a spiritual transformation that you can experience in your life if you put this teaching to work. The truth of this newness and deep spiritual experience has always been there. It is just now being revealed to you. So yes, it's a new life. Your life is being made new and greater and better every step of the way. We just have to believe it and open ourselves up to it and accept that it is so. We all have the seed of infinite possibility within us. Here's how Ernest Holmes puts it in the Science of Mind textbook. We are surrounded by an infinite possibility. It is goodness, life, law, and reason. In expressing itself through us, it becomes more fully conscious of its own being. Therefore, it wishes to express through us. It can pass into expression through us only as we consciously allow it to do so. Therefore, we have faith in it and its desires and its ability to do for us all that we shall ever need to have done. Since it must pass through our consciousness to operate for us, we must be conscious that it is doing so. So those are my thoughts on today's topic. It's a new life. And I know we're going to be hearing more about that from our speaker in a, just a little bit. But right now, I would like to lead us in a spiritual mind treatment, which will be followed by music for reflection. As I offer these words in the first person, please accept this treatment for yourself. So just take a few moments to relax and allow your attention to focus right here, right now on this moment, this moment, this creative moment of life that has been given to us today. And as I do this, I know that I recognize that I live in this abundant universe, that there is a power for good everywhere present, that this spirit, this power, this God is all there is. It is one whole united piece of everything that exists. It is everywhere present. I am fully immersed in it. It expresses through me in all ways in my life. I know that this is a power for great good. And it is only desiring to express in fullness and wholeness and newness in my life in greater and greater ways. So as I know this, I know that this newness and this wholeness and this pattern of perfection of me has always been there. That it is this deep spiritual truth of who I am. And I allow this perfection and this newness and this wholeness to express in my life as vibrant health, as opulent abundance, as 
deep joy and fulfillment in my life as love, as great creative expression. I simply get my old ideas of limitation and lack and not having enough or trying to have struggle or strain or push so hard. I just take all those ideas away and say, that is not the truth of who I am. The truth of who I am is wholeness, newness, infinite possibility. And I just open myself up and I open my mind because I know my, my mind is one with a divine mind. And I allow the inflow of fabulous new ideas to guide and to, to direct me in my life. I know that today's service is a blessing and a healing to everyone who hears these words wherever you are, whatever's going on with you, that this healing presence of life, this love, this presence that is closer to us than our breath, than the beating of our heart, it is what we are immersed in, it is what we are, that this presence and this power heals and blesses and transforms all who participate here today. So we just know that all is well. I am grateful for being here today. I release these words now, knowing that they are so, and so it is. I want to introduce our speaker today. Reverend Kathleen Sibley is an ordained minister with Centers for Spiritual Living, who is currently employed at the home office of CSL as the Director of Global Services. She was a pulpit minister in a successful center for 11 years in Arizona when she heard the call, come in from the desert. And she moved back to the Northeast and she now lives in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. And she also dabbles in property management as well as owning part of a cookie company. That just sounds really good to me. Join me in welcoming Reverend Kathleen Sibley. Thank you. Thank you so much, Judy. Thank you. And I am so glad to hear that this organization, this center actually goes back to the primary stuff in January. That is something I have always done. I have always found it very helpful to get back to basics in January, because if we're going to have a grand rising and a great new life, then perhaps we should check what's in our toolbox. And so what's in our toolbox are the basic principles. These are the unchanging things that, well, everything around us is changing and you know it's gonna. The principles are always the same. They are eternal and unchanging. The circumstances, the, the way things look in the, in the world outside, that's gonna change. That's pretty much what you can count on is that change is gonna happen. And I loved, uh, as, I, as I got ready for this talk, looking at the vision statement for CSL Midtown and what it says, for those of you who are new to CSL Midtown or who are just dropping by, welcome and understand that this is a strong, open, connected community centered in the clarity of wisdom of principle. Through teaching, service and practice, we create a safe and respectful environment that supports healthy spiritual growth. And so that first sentence uh, says it all, really, in terms of what what we what is our bedrock here. It is the principle. It is knowing that, as it says in the Declaration of Principles, that our eternal souls, part of the part of the the one great soul that in Jungian psychology might be considered the um, 
the race consciousness that has been spoken of as the Christ consciousness, that in Buddhism might be called the Brahman Atman, that one great being where we say we are one, that is the, um, that is the principle we speak of. Now, some people just say God. I often say God because it's short. I can remember it. I can spell it. And so when we talk of God or the, the one principle, there is a deep wisdom in that. Now, wisdom is not just knowing things with your head. It's what happens when you know things with your head and you check them out in your heart and the two of them come together. So we rely on the wisdom of principle, the wisdom that principle has pulled together over eons of time, over billions of experiences by billions and billions of people. All of that comes together to make up the energy of life itself and that which we call God. This is the vast receptacle of good that we tap into as we look at the lives that we are leading. Now, I will also say that that second sentence talks about teaching, service, and practice, that this isn't just a book we read. As a matter of fact, Ernest Holmes, who founded this teaching, said that he would rather have people who could not recite a single word of the textbook but could prove the principles, could prove the natural laws taught within it over and over again. At the end of his classes, he used to say, throw the book out the window now. Because what is yours is to do it, to live it. That the one problem with this philosophy is that it's too much theory and not enough practice. And that's just a human thing. Who else has a shelf full of self-help books that they may or may not have read? I have heard it's kind of like a gym membership. You actually have to go and read the book and then do the stuff in the book. Because I know these things, I am a professional. You should trust me. The other thing that I noticed is um, about the vision statement is that this is all done to support healthy spiritual growth. Now, growth means change. It also, um, it, it bears repeating that the word in the middle of the word growth is ow. And I don't know about you, but I have had some growth moments, learning to roller skate perhaps, learning to ride a horse and ending up with a hoof in my hoof and mouth. I actually caught the hoof with my face once, but that takes skill. Sometimes growth is, is painful. Sometimes it's just plain fun. But sometimes it can be painful. So we watch out for that. We use it as a sign that things are happening within us. That, you know, there is some discomfort in me. My body or my emotions are telling me that there's a place here where things could be going better. Now, the, the first four chapters of our textbooks are the thing itself, what it does. I don't remember anymore. It's, it's what it does and, and how we use it that we care about this month. So in the middle of our teaching symbols, for those of you who know it, is a V. For those of you who don't know it, just think of the letter V. If you, if you remember cursive, it's got that little curly Q at the end. What happens is the way we believe things come into form or are created or incarnated is there is this high divine ideal with the L at the end of the word. This is God's thought. 
And we as beings that are living in the image and likeness of the divine are, are we catch that thought, we catch that vision that is the divine idea and we start having our own ideas. We get inspired. Now, when we get inspired, inspire means to breathe in. And often there's that moment of, oh, and we have a feeling about it. And that energy of feeling moves it into form. It becomes an experience. So perhaps the divine ideal is love. For some people, that thought is going to be all about romance. We're coming up on February in which we have uh, February 15th, which is National 50% Off Chocolate Day. You can even get some cheap roses if you want that day, traditionally. Um, we have this thought about love and we have our human ideas about it. Because for some people, love means a puppy. For some people, love means a warm, comfy blanket. For some people, it means uh, doing acts of service for other people. But say, you know, love might be a romantic thing. And so you have an idea of the gender and size and outpicturing and, and characteristics of your romantic love interest. You have feelings about that and then it moves into form. The challenge we often have is that we all, we have hidden beliefs and we have old feelings based on those old beliefs. And so while I might create my love interest with all of the things that I wrote down on my list, like a good little girl, oh, he needs to be X, Y, and Z, and he needs to be gentle, he needs to be employed, he needs to not live in his mother's basement anymore because we're in our 50s now, and that's quite enough, thank you. And so forth and so on. My list has certain things on it. I had a friend who made a very detailed list, <clears throat> and Leticia forgot one thing. She forgot to specify gender. So the next thing she knew, she found herself in relationships with women and discovered that she had a side of her that was lesbian. Okay. Maybe the wisest part of her already knew she was a lesbian and so kept that part off the list so she wouldn't mess herself up. The challenge is we also have parts of ourselves that say, oh, I've been burned before. Ooh, those people that I usually go for, those are the bad boys. Those are the the gold diggers, those are the this, the that, or the other, and we start thinking somewhere in that unconscious blind spot in our mind that this can go wrong. And so when we have the experience of that divine ideal we call love, what ends up happening is things can go a little sideways. They either keep putting the seat, toilet seat down or up, they put in the toilet paper the wrong way, which, oh, heaven forfend, I started life as a marriage and family counselor, so... Yes, people actually do fight over that stuff. Or at least that's what they say they're fighting about. Maybe they don't have the same uh, spiritual beliefs as you. Maybe they're of the wrong political party. So we have all of these happen and we have this experience. Now, what we don't often talk about, in, or in my opinion, don't talk about anywhere near enough is there's a second side of the V. So we have this incarnation of a divine ideal into a human experience filtered by our thoughts and emotions. But once we have that experience, we usually have a reaction to it. We have an emotional feeling about it. We think, oh, that's good, or oh, that's not so great, or oh, I really screwed it up this time. What was I thinking? Great question, if you can ask it without shame or blame. 
So we have this emotional experience of it and we become aware of that feeling. And then we have some thoughts about what that feeling means. Maybe it means I'm just not meant to be in relationship. Maybe it means I should have just gotten a dog. Maybe it means, wow, I have really, really good relationship mojo. Whatever your feeling is, it informs what we want to do next. Whatever our thoughts are fed by our feelings, our thoughts then say, okay, well, so that went well, not well, five out of 10, I don't know. So what happened? What belief was I out picturing that may not be the absolute highest and best? And so I'm going to go back in and say, what can I learn about relationships? Again, this is the divine ideal of love. You can do this with any of them. So what can I learn about relationships? Maybe I can go to a therapist and start untangling my old trauma responses to what I think it means to be in a relationship. You know, I saw my grandparents' marriage. I saw my parents' marriage. I saw my friends' marriages. This is what I think it means to be in a romantic relationship. And maybe I have some old negative thoughts or beliefs or feelings. See, the feelings are what cement the thoughts in. And maybe it's time to, to take a look at those and decide whether they serve me or not. So I have the feelings. I have some thoughts about it. Maybe I do some rethinking. Maybe I recognize, recognate, rethink what I believe is true about relationships. And then I, it, it rises up back to the divine ideal because remember, we're part of the divine. If God is infinite, if the divine is infinite, then there's nowhere else to go. There's nothing else to be. You couldn't escape your, your God self if you tried. There's nothing you can do to earn it and nothing you can do to lose it. It's always going to be there. So this God part of you is now back up in that divine mind, that, that part of you that is infinite. And now you have a different take on the ideal of love. Well, there's a hook on the end of that V for us. And what happens now is you have a new understanding of the divine ideal and you reincarnate it. You have a new thought about it and that has a new feeling. And now you get to have a new experience. And while the, the V looks like this, the experience looks like this. Boing, boing, boing. And we keep having experiences. And sometimes, we absolutely love them and we have a whole new positive thought and belief that we can roll into our new life and new day. And sometimes we have a negative one. And sometimes it's just kind of, well, well, that was interesting. Sometimes I do what I call a sideways manifestation. It comes out a little sideways. As my, my New York friends would say, it's a little fakakta and that's okay. When I was in my early 40s, I went and I got my eyes checked because in my family, we all go blind at some point, more or less. All we care about is the ability to read. And so our distance vision is not great. Well, because I had just turned 40, the optometrist told me, soon you're going to need reading glasses. And I went, ha, 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 you haven't met my boss. My boss is the divine. And we say, I ain't doing it. So. While I did not need glasses at that point, 
he was trying to tell me that I would. So I went home and I'd do what I'd do. I love scaring the medical establishment with demonstrations of help. And then I forgot about it. Didn't really think about it anymore until the next year when I went back. He's like, ah, you're 41 now. Let's check and see you how much you need the reading glasses. I didn't. I still didn't. But I realized in that second second meeting that I had forgotten to pray. I had forgotten to set this stuff in motion. And so I was surprised to hear that my astigmatism, which is another form of eye issue, um, means I can't couldn't hit a bull with the broadside of a barn. Um, I have no eye-hand coordination. I can't see it out there. Um, what he said was my astigmatism, which should not go away, was at about half of what it had been the last year. So suddenly my vision, rather than doing what he thought it should do, which get, means get worse, it was getting better. And I couldn't figure it out because while I hadn't thought about it really since I'd gotten home from my last year's meeting, somehow that intention went into form. What I realized later was that my friend, Reverend Patty Paris in San Diego, had become the senior minister of a new center that we founded together. I was the first secretary of the board. I purposely made myself number 13 on the list of new members, of founding members. The name of the center was Vision. So I had been praying for Vision all year long. I had been continually looking at what do I understand about Vision? What do I know about Vision? And all those little hidden belief systems had been, well, <clears throat> okay, so Vision is the center, but Vision is also the eyes. And I had set an intention the year before that my vision would be better. And then I prayed for it using the same word. So sometimes our subconscious beliefs work for us. So my vision got better. How lovely is that? I think the reason my vision got better is because I forgot about it. Often when we try and move something into form in a new way, we attach shame and blame to what has already been. Oh, I got it wrong. That's the end of it. I, I obviously can't do this. Could you imagine if a baby fell over once and then never tried again? Could you imagine if the first time you tried to speak another language, you some, somehow were not fluent and therefore would not try at all? None of us would get anywhere. And this community has dedicated itself to a safe and respectful environment that supports healthy spiritual growth. That means there is no room for shame and blame, nor is there room for spiritual bypass where we refuse to notice our reaction to what's going on in us and around us. Spiritual bypass is that thing that makes people so annoyed and assume they know who we are. We are the people who just, actually one of my favorite jokes, how can you tell a metaphysician in hell? The metaphysician in hell is the one over in the corner, huddled up going, I'm not here and it's not hot. I'm not here and it's not hot. I'm not here and it's not hot. They're so busy being spiritual 
that they refuse to look at what's actually going on and do something about it. What we do about it does not have time for shame and blame. We simply look at what is and decide what we want instead. Early in his career, Ernest Holmes wrote that we should look away and look and turn entirely away from the circumstances, from that thing that's bugging us in our lives and refuse to even see it. Later on, he wrote, we need to stare it down. We need to do what some people call mad dogging. You look right at it until it flinches. You look right at it until you can see through it to the spiritual truth of who you really are and what it really is. And the only thing there is to be is God. The only, if you don't like the word God, add the O, it becomes good. Oh. So we look through because we don't have to be afraid of whatever it is we're going through. This organization, this center has been without a minister since October. And the part of the challenge is that you had a fantastic minister. You had one of our living luminaries. So whoever's coming in after is going to have to fill some pretty big shoes. So what you're calling in will be something new and different. You are going through change. It's okay to say we're going through change. Most of the centers around the world right now, most of the religious groups around the world right now, are the ones that will succeed, are accepting that we have an aging population, both of ministers and congregants. We have a lowered um, income because it's not part of the newer generation's typical behavior to tithe or to give to specifically to a church just because the minister says, hey, this is what we do. There's things changing in the world. Did anyone notice in 2020 some big stuff changed? I'm pretty sure most of the centers in the world are currently figuring out what's next, having had a few years to recover from that great big global shift in how we do things. And so we look right through that. We look right at it, right at that circumstance and refuse to accept it as the truth of us, refuse to think that it has anything to do with who we really are. There is no room for shame and blame because we are the sons and daughters of the Christ consciousness. We are the sons and daughters and children uh, adult children of a divine being that is intensely aware of of its presence as us. And so as we move things forward, we create this new life and it goes much faster if we won't pretend it's not happening and we won't sit around and feel guilty about the fact that it's happening or go into shame, which is a slightly different, worse thing. But that's another talk. In one of the first things I learned from Ernest Holmes is that when we learn to trust the universe, we shall be happy, prosperous, and well. And so I invite you to practice that, to make that the thing you learn this week, that we choose to trust the universe in which we are moving things around at the, at the level of form amongst our circumstances. We trust the universal truth. That love is always the truth between all souls. And one of the ways that we use to, to move things into form at a higher level, 
one of the way things we do when we bounce back up into the divine is to go to prayer. And so I'm going to do that now. And so in this moment, I invite you to simply go within to whatever holy spot within you feels like your sacred sanctuary. Within this spot, within each and every one of us, is how we experience God or the divine or the infinite universe. There is this spot within us that already knows and knows that it knows. This divine being is the only energy that exists. It is love. It is life. It is peace. We experience it that way. And it is the one unifying principle and presence that exists. And as we are part of that, we are part of all that it is. We embody the divine here on earth. And as embodiments of the divine, <clears throat> we continually take on form and then take on a new form and then take on a new form without losing that principle within ourselves that says we are that. Thou art that. There is nothing else to experience. And so right now, right here, I speak my word on behalf of all within the sound of my voice and I call in a higher experience. I call in a release of all of the thoughts we don't even know our grandparents had. Now, we don't even know we're still holding in our DNA. We just let them go if they do not serve our highest and best good and are, are not useful in how we live on this planet in this moment. If they are not part of being strong and open and connected in community, if it does not help us create a safe and respectful environment. It all goes away. And in this moment, I call in every possible good that can help us create that healthy environment, create that strong community that reflects the truth of spirit as each and every one of us and as our, our group relationship, as our community. I bless and celebrate the prosperity. I bless and celebrate the health. I bless and celebrate the joy that is the truth of this community and everyone who is listening to me right now. I give thanks that this is all according to a natural law. I do not need to push this particular river. I can just let it happen. Just like when I drop something, I let it fall. I don't push it toward the ground. All I ever had to do, all we ever had to do is bring our attention to it and speak it into being. And that having been my part, having witnessed the truth that already is and claimed it for us, I release it to the work of the law. I know my word cannot return unto me void. And so I call it good and very good. And so it is. Namaste and thank you. Thank you. Reverend Kathleen, what an awesome talk this morning. And now I get to talk about prosperity, which is our consciousness of having amazing ministers like this speak for us every single week. We have a great transition team, which is helping that. And Lee will talk about that some more. So if you would with me, say our affirmation of prosperity, we can donate online at cslmidtown.org slash donate. You can scan the QR code. Either one of those works. You can set up a regular ongoing donation or do a one-time gift. I live in a universe of abundance. As I freely and joyfully give, I join in the divine flow. And all that I share with life returns to me multiplied abundantly. And so it is. And now 
I'll hand it off to Lee Huffman, our board president, for announcements and final affirmation. Thank you, Vance. Um, wow, what an amazing service. That was great. I appreciate it, Reverend Kathleen. The, um, I just want to thank everybody uh, for joining us and for the transition team and the team behind the scenes that makes all this happen. It's just wonderful that it can all come together like this. Um, we got several important announcements today. The first is that on March uh, 4th, 2024, will be our 13th year or the beginning of our 13th year as a center for spiritual living. And so this community um, has a meeting around that time. And so we are going to have our annual community meeting on March 3rd, 2024, right after the service. So if you're in town, please come down to the center. It's going to be a live meeting and uh, you can stay and have lunch with us and a great brunch that is always good to have and some good fellowship. And if you're not in town, please plan on being online on Zoom so that you can participate in that meeting. And we'll have more announcements between now and then, um, but we're looking forward to that. In that meeting, we're going to be talking about the amazing things that have happened as Reverend Kathleen talked about in the past year the transitions that we've gone through, the good things that are coming up in 2024 and 2025. And we will have a new budget to look at and um, we will cover all the financials and things like that. And the thing standing between the service and the food is gonna be this meeting. So it's gonna be pretty short. So please join us. It won't be, take much time, but we do want your participation as members of our community. So uh, this center provides an amazing service for this very special community, and we need your help in a number of ways. Good support. First off, your presence. We appreciate it. You must be present because you're watching us now. You may be present live or um, on the recordings. Um, we also want your prayers, your treatments for the center and for the teams that are involved here and uh, for everybody in our community. And we want some financial background so that we can continue to keep the community going forward and growing. Uh, we've tightened our belt a lot this year and uh, next year we are looking to um, bring on a new minister and do a lot of things that will take some more investment. So if you're already giving, thank you. You're sustaining the center um, in a wonderful way. Um, also as your board president, uh, president of your board of trustees, I wanna hear from you. So my email is very simple, just it's uh, president at cslmidtown.org. And then our general email is info at cslmidtown.org. So some upcoming events that we have going on. Boost Online is every Tuesday from noon to 1230. There you can meet with a practitioner and uh, talk with them. And it's a great discussion. Um, we never know what it's going to be and who's going to show up, but uh, it's great for in the middle of the week. Our study group uh, is every Sunday from 10 to 1045, and that's online on Zoom. And you can get to Zoom by going to our main website, scrolling down a little bit, and it says Zoom and has a code underneath it that is a password to get in. And so you want to look at that code, click, up, click on it, and it'll take you into Zoom. Uh, for both of those meetings, and also for our celebration service next Sunday. It'll be from 11 to 12. Um, and Reverend, Reverend Kathy Mastrolani, 
get that name right, uh, will be here speaking to us. And her topic is going to be the last in the Grand Rising series. And the topic of it is feeling good. So we, again, I want to remind you to put March 3rd in your calendar and join us. And right now, Reverend Kathleen will be in our Zoom link for more discussion on today's topic and anything else you want to talk to her about. There'll be several practitioners there. Um, and I forgot to mention that you can get to the practitioners through the website and um, uh, through sending a message to info at cslmidtown.org. And we'll make sure that we get a practitioner assigned to any questions, concerns, anything that you need help with. So that's about it. We appreciate and love all of you and appreciate everything that's going on. The affirmation of life, the closing affirmation, if you would, let's read this together. I leave this place now knowing something better than I knew before. I go forth in the world with a heart full of love and a mind full of good sense. I look at the world in a greater way, knowing that I have within me everything I need to create the life I desire. I give thanks for this understanding, and I am grateful for the spirit of life that lives through me. And so it is. Thank you.